0: and you know this man just said to me well i mean you're here now maybe you should just like try harder to blend in and that and that got me thinking you know is one here to blend in or is one here to stand out
1: Mm -hmm. like why should you minimize yourself or act have to act differently just to feel like more comfortable or safe you know
0: you know or to make someone else feel more comfortable or safe that's not my responsibility i mean if sure if that is my responsibility is it not theirs too
1: Welcome to You in the Ring, a podcast that goes deep into issues at the University of Victoria. I'm Zia Rehino and I'm your host for You in the Ring. It's Nick here and you're listening to TFUV
0: 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the traditional territories of the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Husinich people.
1: Over 3,000 international students from more than 100 countries choose UVic each year. As an international student from the Philippines myself, I know how lucky I am to be able to study in a different country. However, the experience of living abroad isn't always what you imagine it to be. You're faced with a completely different culture and way of life, and as much as you think you have prepared for an experience like this, there's only so much you can know from online research. Most international students end up choosing a university that they have never even visited in person and just have to hope that they've made the right choice. Along with having to deal with immigration, study permits and visas, it can be hard to move to a place where you have no community that's familiar to you. Obviously, it isn't the same for every international student, so I was curious to hear what it was like for others to move to Canada for university. So I sat down with a fellow international student to talk about our experiences.
0: Hello, my name is Lindani. I am from South Africa. I'm an international student from South Africa here at UVic studying economics and music. Coming to the end of my second year, I use the pronouns he, him, and I am happy to be here.
1: Can you describe your experience as a student at UVic and kind of share your story and what brought you here?
0: Sure. So I I enrolled in UVic at the end of 2020 so that was mid pandemic so i didn't actually get to move to victoria and kind of experience campus life until around about mid 2021 summer 2021 so i suppose the experience has kind of been broken into pieces where i'm studying at the school but i haven't really Mm -hmm. understood what it's like to be there yeah i think the move to, to 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 have come from so far away to have moved from south africa as well um was definitely a big one and it comes with its expectations you're not really sure what you're getting into but at the same time like those expectations did not come to pass like i could not have been more wrong about what i was going to expect i expected this like huge utopia just advanced in every single (laughs) aspect but it really wasn't the case in fact i would say that i found a lot of things here that were quite familiar
1: which surprised
0: me um but all in all i think the experience has been one one heck of a ride it's been up and down in certain places but uh i think just to be able to go home and to tell of this story it's something that yeah it's a story to tell that's one thing i can say for sure
1: so you started online. So your first year was online.
0: Yeah, I started f- mm-hmm. first year online. And, and then your second
1: year was in person. So this yeah. recent September?
0: Yeah. Okay, so cool. this recent September was my first time here. In Canada? In Canada, yeah. Okay,
1: so did you grow up in South Africa, your whole life?
0: Yep. Pretty much. And whole then life.
1: you went to Canada for university? Yep from your family members are you the first one to study abroad
0: not the first one to study abroad but the first one to be this far away okay um yeah i have an older brother who studied in the united states in iowa cool. so yeah conflicting experiences but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think it's what led me here really
1: um is he older or younger older okay was his his move to the states was that an influence at all to you moving to canada or
0: um definitely i think throughout high school, we just knew that we were going to study abroad from the get go. The question was where I think his experience in the United States definitely prompted me not to go there. Uh, just because he did not have a great time. And so uh, when it came to making the decision to come here, there were a couple of teachers that I had uh, one or two who are from Canada one who actually lives in the Naimo right now. And he said, you know, I think the Canadian experience would be just a little bit better. There was there is this general perception of Canada being a more welcoming, inclusive, and diverse space. Um, So it definitely prompted me to consider Canada. As for Victoria, uh, there were a couple of options that I had in Toronto and in Vancouver, but I don't know, something in my gut just told me. brought
1: you to Victoria? Yeah,
0: go to the island. (laughs) Go to an island, it might be a little bit different. And big city life, yeah. I come from Johannesburg, I live in Johannesburg. And Johannesburg is a really big city, bustling, like, metropolitan kind of city. And it can be a bit hectic at times. So I think I decided, you know what, let me just...
1: Like a smaller city would be better? Yeah. Okay. And Victoria
0: is somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's not too small, not too big.
0: Yeah. 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 So I tried to apply to residents just so that I had somewhere to live when I moved. This was around the end of 2020. Right. I had planned to make the trip. It was around about the time where they had allowed international students to enter if they, you know, had all the study documents permit. and everything. So, yeah, I was just about ready to make that move um, and tried reserving a spot in residence, only to be told that they were prioritizing Canadian students.
1: Oh. Um, which, which is, yeah, you I know feel what like I mean? it doesn't, at least in my opinion, it makes more sense to prioritize, at, at least like out of province and international students. Cause Absolutely, like, yeah, like Absolutely. where else are we gonna stay? Especially when yeah. you're like, that's the first time you're moving into the country. You know, it's so hard to find housing.
0: You know, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was it was a bit it was a bit crazy. I just thought you know, um, especially for the study ex- experience. Yeah. Um, for someone who could, essentially, I mean, I knew people who were in my classes who said, "Oh, I'm in residence." I said, "Oh, where are you from?" And they're like, "Oh, I live in Victoria." It didn't really quite make sense the fact that you know I was. I was in class with you at two AM at my time mm-hmm. and you are you know, you you could just go home on a weekend. Yeah. yeah. But hey, maybe there's something
1: Oh, is is that why you had to do it online because you couldn't get residence? Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. I,
0: I couldn't I couldn't come. I just couldn't find a place to stay. Right, yeah. And um the time I was looking for off campus housing it wasn't really a time of intake. We just mm-hmm. decided, you know, it would be safer to just maybe wait. Mm-hmm. Um until a bit of time and yeah here we yeah. are
1: how was it like for you to do online from there because when i did online i honestly barely got to go to class because my first class started at like 11 p.m for me <sighs> most of my classes were like 3 a.m 5 a.m i was lucky that my professors um recorded their lectures okay. so i didn't actually have to go but for my labs and exams i had to be in, in like Zoom. Yeah. I guess. and. It was like my sleep schedule was like all over the place. Whenever I had a midterm, I would have to like either stay up until four a.m. or go to bed early and then wake up at three. And like when your when your sleep schedule is like that, your brain is not working well. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, this is really difficult. Yeah. And I'm very tired. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Super difficult. I because def- you're from the Philippines, right? Yeah. So how how far is it is that ahead or behind? That's ahead, quite far. Yeah, ahead, that's yeah. ahead.
1: Um, yeah. I can actually check what time it is right now. So it's 12 p.m. in Vancouver. Okay. And it is 3 a.m. in Manila. The next day. Yeah.
0: Goodness Pretty me. much.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So it would be really confusing because even on Brightspace, yeah. I left my computer in the Victoria time just to make sure that <laughs> I didn't get the dates wrong because there'd be times I'm like, oh, that's due like tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like was due yesterday and i'm like oh my god i have to email my <laughs> professor i'm like i'm so sorry but a lot of them are super understanding yeah yeah but it was just like having to do that at least i would like always second guess i'm like is there a, an assignment i'm missing or like is this midterm actually when i think it's gonna be yeah so i'm like always calculating the time yeah it's super stressful oh, yeah. so i'm this, glad that yes. everything is on in person now i'm enjoying class now <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i suppose It kind of makes for a great experience when you finally do arrive, right? Yeah. Because it's like anything could be better than what it was. I remember just trying to... There was a professor, and I remember to this day, because she didn't know Mm -hmm. about my time zone um, experience until very late in the course. You didn't tell her? I I just thought, yeah, you know what? It is like what she's supposed to do. Yeah, okay, that's right. You know, I was very like... uh, it is, this is just how it is. I got I to learn to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And after telling me, she said, oh, wait. So then how far ahead are you? I said, oh, 10 hours. She says, so it's 2 p.m. now. What time is it there for you? I said, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's 4 a.m. for me. Um, yeah. It was something crazy like that. It was, yeah, a horrible time. What was like, yeah, I think it was like midnight or something. At the time when she said, and she said, hey, that shouldn't be the case. That's not fair. Do you want to take your exam at a time that's convenient for you?
1: Oh, wow. That's really nice of her.
0: Yeah. You know, I think the ones that made that kind of effort made it just a little bit different. Um, and it's definitely something I don't think you really appreciate the gravity of unless you're r- really living through it. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I
1: honestly I felt the same, like. You didn't really feel comfortable like asking or telling them because you're like they have so many students. Yeah, they're probably really busy. But then, at least in my experience, when I have like I've emailed my professor, I'm like, hey, just letting you know I'm in a different country. There's a time difference. And They'd be like, yeah, of course, like no worries. Like thanks for letting me know. So I I think I've been really lucky with um my professors. Yeah, have your all of your professors been pretty?
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no? Like half, I would say fifty okay. percent. The other half were like.
1: Not my the, problem. Yeah,
0: there's so many of you. What really? I, there's there's so oh. many students. You're not the only mm. one. Um, just come to office hours if you have any concerns yeah. when the time comes. I'm like, oh wow, okay, well.
1: Yeah. And that uh, kind of like demotivates you to yeah,
0: yeah. It's like, uh, if you're just gonna send me to office hours, then which I was going to go to anyway. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, yeah. yeah. We made it work. We mm. made it work somehow.
1: Yeah. I was actually wondering. Were you able to make friends online or did you feel like you only made
0: friends when you came here? No, I only made friends when I came here. Okay. I don't know. Yeah,
1: I felt the same. When I was back home, I don't think I made friends with anyone new online because I was just like, I'm so tired. I don't want to talk to anyone. And yeah, I would just like talk to the people I knew from first year and be like, hey, how are you? But a lot of them are not in the same program as me. So yeah, it was kind of hard to make friends online just like through Zoom or like maybe like Discord, I guess.
0: Yeah, there's an element. There's a key element of connection that's missing there in, in the sense where you don't really get to understand who someone is because mm-hmm. they're just like someone on a, behind a screen or exactly. in a class saying, asking questions or contributing to a discussion. And it's usually, I don't know, those connections happened often here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's where, sure. that's where they started to happen. Because even under COVID, I think those connections could still happen yeah. once one was on the ground. So, I think we could, we, could talk about, we could talk about just the idea behind Canada and Canada being welcoming okay. and being diverse and being multicultural. Because I do think that that's true in representation, or at least in population. Like, you get here.
1: Like, the numbers, technically, it is very diverse.
0: It is. Though we have to ask ourselves how welcoming and inclusive is it, if you're not actively acting on that diversity,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? So it's one thing to have a bunch of people from a lot of places in your city or in your space, but unless you are actively integrating and having that cross-culture understanding and creating opportunities for that cross-culture interaction to happen, then are you really getting the benefit of your diversity? Because I think groups like that, I find if you, because you can feel a bit isolated and far away, you know, and like an outsider at times. Groups like that remind you that, you know, there, there are people from home. It, it brings you closer to that kind of um, piece of home, that identity that you share with them, which I think is very important because while it's great to be, you know, out of out of your comfort zone and be in a, in a culture and a space that's different to your own, I do think that that needs to be balanced with something that contributes to who you are and something that's familiar to you. I think an association like that, it gives you an opportunity to not only express your identity, but to have it celebrated in a space with other people. Because unfortunately, sometimes that's not just going to happen all the time. And you have to go looking for those opportunities sometimes because they're not going to create themselves. I think when you're far away from home to have that familiarity, and someone who can say, oh, don't you just miss this food so much? Like, they
1: just get it.
0: Yeah, they yeah. just get it. And also someone who, if you get frustrated about your time here, you get frustrated about... You can about complain an... and they can get it. And they understand, you know? They understand and say, you know, the same thing happened to me. Here's what I do to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know? So
1: there's a support.
0: Yeah, you know. that kind of support. I just think it's so important. Um and yeah super empowering as well i just feel so refreshed Mm -hmm. afterwards it's like oh great those are my people (laughs) yeah
1: actually did you experience any culture shock when you came here or yeah a lot was it big
0: i didn't know what culture shock was really it's not something we talk about very much or at least i haven't spoken about it so it it had been something i knew was possible i just didn't know what that really Mm -hmm. felt like um culture shock for me was I think getting here I'm from South Africa. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm so used to seeing black people everywhere. I'm not used to being a minority. <laughs> and so I think that was the biggest thing. And I think when you're living somewhere where um you are a minority and people just in you know, or at least the majority are used to you being part of a minority, right? you're not really prepared to deal with the ignorance that may come from it. And you're not really prepared to deal with, I think it's one thing to be ignorant because I think that there's innocent ignorance. You just don't know because you don't know yeah. how are you going to know if they you haven't like, been,
1: they've never learned it. Yeah. Never exposed to it. Yeah. It's not really their fault. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, you can't, but then there's the ignorance that, you know, that's the case. But then also now they're presented with the opportunity to learn, but will actively resist it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Will 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 say, I'll I'll never forget one of the first experiences that I had, you know, with someone, it would have been around October, and I was kind of explaining how different it is here, you know, the sun sets very late and it's cold, and, you, you you know, I I I'm forgetting how to speak my mother tongue, and, I'm I'm, relaying all these experiences, and you know, this man just said to me, well, I mean, you're here now, maybe you should just like try harder to blend in. And that and that got me thinking, you know, is one here to blend in or is one here to stand out?
1: Mm-hmm. Like know? why should you minimize yourself or act, have to act differently just to feel like more comfortable or safe, you know?
0: You know, or to make someone else feel more yeah. comfortable or safe. That's not my responsibility. I mean, if sure, if that is my responsibility, is it not theirs too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, the culture shock was definitely, there's so many things that are just, difference just in how lifestyles are different. I think the desires or, you know, goals or just certain standards, what people aspire mm-hmm. to do or to be is very different as well. Um, you, yeah, it kind of, it starts with fascination. It's like, wow, look at all this place, new things. I've never experienced something like this before. And then it kind of plateaus where it's like, okay, I'm here now, this is where it's at. Then you start missing home. And then, you know, some things will happen where your locals will, you start to almost resent people from here. And I'm not gonna lie, there was a time I, I, I thought, wow, these guys have silver spoons so far up their butts. Mm-hmm. They just do not understand that there is a whole different world out there. Yeah, This is this is not set in stone. This is just one reality out of a few thousand. W- obviously with, when with a move like this comes, you know, trouble. Right, every now and then there's going to be something that's difficult, be it maybe something horrible happens back home and you're far away, can't do anything about it. Sometimes you don't even know until like after the fact or something. I just think, I think one of the hardest things about being an international student here is that when you need that kind of support, you know, to say it's very difficult, that kind of support where someone will understand to say, to kind of look at your experience and be like, that makes sense. This happens. To validate it, and make you feel like this is not something that's out of the blue or that you're crazy or anything like that. Because if, you, if, if you're venting or you're saying, oh, well, this is horrible. And someone's looking at you like, I can't imagine what that must be like. It's like, yeah. what do you mean you can't imagine? Like, you can't even like think of, like just, it, it's like, this must be a human experience. It always is that you know. It's, it's, uh, I would like to say that oh well, it isn't the case, and give the benefits of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Although sometimes it does feel like that, where you're like, hmm, "I'm definitely the only different one here," yeah. and it feels like it. Yeah. I think the fact that it feels like it like the, means yeah. that you're like
1: self-aware. A true... Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, like hyper-focused yeah. on it. It's, it's, you, you can't help but wonder, "Hmm, if I go, if I go to this." event or if I go here am I going to be is this something I'm going to have to deal with what you 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 have to ask yourself how am I going to be perceived mm-hmm. in this space um and yeah I think you get used to it good or bad thing I don't know yeah but it's a reality it's it is a reality hey yeah although sometimes situations happen where suddenly now it's made apparent mm. you know it's no longer just you thinking about it or being self-aware. It's now something that has been said or just implied. You know, I'll I'll never forget a music class I had where um, there there was, I think, a guest speaker who had come but was a rapper, right, and was talking about hip-hop and just about racial justice and hip-hop and how, you know, and he said something that stood out. He said, I mean, just look at this room now. We're talking about inclusive music, but, like, Look at how, look look at the audience. You know, I can't really ask for diversity and perspectives because probably a lot of you are in the same, are in the same boat. Mm-hmm. He, and he guessed accurately. He was like, I bet eighty percent of you are going the music education route, and of that eighty percent, at least ninety percent of you started in classical. Am I wrong?
1: Right. Wow.
0: He said, and people were like, no. And he's like, is there anyone else who <coughs> has anything different? And I'm like, I didn't go that route. <laughs> I didn't go that. And suddenly. It turns heads, cause it's like, oh, okay, cool, and now, off af- suddenly after that, I'm, people are asking questions, you mm-hmm. know, oh, so what was it like for you? And there was, there's this novelty almost, yeah, and yeah, you feel like a novelty, an exception to the rule, you know, a case study, <laughs> almost. Yeah. Here's something different. Do you Absolutely. ever feel like
1: when you've been faced with like microaggression, you kind of are expected to be the one that's like. Passive, like you're not really allowed to get mad or upset about things. Mm.
0: Yeah, I do it anyway. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: I should honestly start doing that too.
0: I think I just, you see, growing growing up in South Africa, like with that history, we grew up having uncomfortable conversations. That's not something that people here are used to. So I'm very unapologetic mm-hmm. about that thing. You know, I'm honest. You know, when that whole when that whole uh when there was that incident with the professor I'm not sure if you heard about it uh, I think it was last semester he who was taking a class and ended up just like using the n-word very freely really? in class and yeah
1: I did not hear what was it in your class or no oh no, you no, heard no. about it heard about okay. it but
0: you know I think we we're having a conversation I was having a, a, a conversation with some with some classmates about it you know and I think I prompted the conversation I was being very open about it I was just saying so you know this is how it is. And it's really sad. And there was just this silence, this heavy silence almost. Um, Almost this unwillingness to say something out of fear that you might say something wrong. But if anything, I think understanding starts from an area of discomfort. Um, For sure. And it's not something that I found a lot of people who are able to do that. And I think the people I'm closest to are the ones who are willing to get just a little bit uncomfortable to learn something or to grow in their perspectives, in their identities, and just, yeah. Yeah. It's mainly, it's mainly, I just think that feeling is most present in times where, you know, said, you know, said person, you know, said, I like, um, individual or group will make it very clear that they're trying to be diverse, right? And you kind of ask yourself, okay, I really hope you've asked me to, you know, help you out here or speak on your behalf or, you know, sit on this panel because I'm I have something of value to contribute. you know, But if just how I look or where I come from is something of value, I think that's great. That is definitely something of value. Um, but you kind of want to be celebrated because of who you are, the things just uh, what you have mm-hmm. to offer. That's what's really empowering, you know, the things that make you you. because when it comes to diversity, If they had gotten three other people from where you came from, three other South Africans could speak from that kind of perspective as well, from someone who comes from there. So, but what is it that really makes you stand out as an individual? You would hope that that's why they're calling you to speak or to be part of something or to even lead. Um, But I think I've just told myself that I'm going to, I'm only going to give to spaces where, number one, I feel like I can contribute. And number two, spaces that I feel like I could grow in. I think mm-hmm. CFUV is an example of that because it just puts it puts my passion for arts, music, you know, social justice right out there. And that's what it's about, you know. And then on top of that, it's like, wow, what a diverse community it is as well. It's the cherry on top. It makes it better. I think and Yeah, just having the diversity also contributes to making the primary focus or your primary intention that's that much more, you know, valuable. Uh, So, yeah, recognizing the value in diversity, but then acting on it, I think, is what sets, you know, the good from the great.
1: Moving to a new place can be really exciting. Being an international and exchange student can truly be a life-changing experience. In no way do we mean to discourage anyone with our criticisms. We just think it's important to be aware of how the allure of travel and a new culture may obscure one from seeing the potential obstacles. Especially as a person of color moving to a predominantly white city like Victoria, even with Canada's reputation as polite and welcoming, you never really know what to expect. And unfortunately can be surprised with what you have to deal with at times. If you're comfortable sharing, do you have any stories or experiences with microaggressions or racism that you won't really be able to forget?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I had two, two that stand out. Okay. The first was weird because it happened with a with a with a child. Must have been I by my estimation 6, 7 maybe where I had hopped on the bus, just jumped on the number 4, headed to school and sat on the top deck in the second row, right at the front, and this child with her father was seated in the row in front. And she looked back at me, and she kind of just smiled and started laughing like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. Hi, you cute, <laughs> your cute child, cute kid. And she says, you're not supposed to be here. I said, oh my God. Uh, why? Where am I supposed to be? She's like, you have to go to the back. And you see, a situation like that, oh my God. I thought... Okay, this is a kid. There's no way. But that's awfully specific. I said, why do I have to go to the back? You can't sit here. <laughs> you have to sit at the back. I thought, hmm, this is... Ooh. I think what shocked me the most is that her father did nothing
1: was he listening or was oh, he, yeah he just watching
0: yeah this i mean she wasn't quiet about it mm-hmm. i think everyone, everyone in the bus <laughs> was like I, I looked to my right and the people were like oh <laughs> yeah ooh and
1: no one said anything
0: no one really said anything uh. i just i wasn't going to move to the back yeah. so i i carefully explained i said i kind of like it here <laughs> okay. and i'm going to then she started talking about my hair and like how Mm. Um, she's like, can I grow hair like that? She asked her father and her father now had to say something and said, um, maybe if you like, if you don't like comb it or like keep it. And that, that just, oh, I said, goodness. okay. Yeah. Then I got off the bus. Um, really uncomfortable. Uh, but the second was when Omicron was kind of making its rounds in Victoria and I went to go get tested. And at the testing site, there was an old man who I'd wore, I'd been wearing a face mask with the South African flag. And South Africa had been in the news because of it being the hotspot, even though it really wasn't, if you got down to the (laughs) research, it was just the people who discovered it (laughs) were there. And old man looked at me, saw my mask and said, look what you've done. Look at why have you, this is like, you should not be here. You should be at home. You're putting us all at risk. As if
1: you're the one who brought it here.
0: I was like, dude, you know I haven't been home in months, right? (laughs) Like I've been here, man. I'm just about exposed as you are, and I can't go home, you know, because your government has prevented me from doing so. You know, so if there's anyone who feels that in danger, you you are the one. But the staff were really helpful. Okay, they spoke up. They spoke up. Uh, That's good. That's good. There's no place for that here. You gotta, you gotta go. If you wanna get tested here. there are certain, yeah, um welcoming, but i i I was under no illusion. I'm interested to know if you've had any um, horror stories,
1: I think I'm very lucky that I haven't, at least like to that extent, I've faced a lot of microaggressions, okay, a lot of that, and I think a part of that is, and I think a part of it is also because like because I'm light skinned okay. and maybe because I'm a woman, maybe that creates a different experience like. Maybe I'm, like, less threatening because I'm small, I'm a woman, you know?
0: I think the fact that you have to say less threatening.
1: Yeah. I know. I think because I am aware that there have been events that are, like, a lot worse and people have been treated worse, I'm kind of like, if this is what I have to deal with, I'm kind of okay with it. Which sucks, right? The fact (laughs) that we kind of have to be like, oh, it could be worse, so this is fine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, we shouldn't have to feel that way. And I don't want to have to feel like I want have to explain myself to everyone I meet.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And you don't. Exactly. You don't.
1: But that's kind of expected from you when you look different.
0: I suppose. I say, let them expect. <laughs> let yeah. them expect and be surprised when it's yeah. like, could you... What's it? What's it like? You? Do you? Do you you like ride elephants to school? Now and nowadays, I just be like, yup. Mine is named Harry. (laughs) Had (laughs) him since I was a wee little boy. I was very much sold a dream, <laughs> and
1: by a recruitment person from UVic? Yeah. Or, oh, okay.
0: They came. They sent someone who was with the UBC to kind of just advocate for West Coast and P and Dob and like, or like <laughs> just the space, and. While they sold us dreams, they came with a slideshow presentation and said, oh, and showed us photos of everyone smiling and like a really diverse group of people sitting on the grass studying together and everything like that. And it's definitely, and while I can see that, okay, I I can see why you would sensationalize that kind of scene, what people don't talk about is the other side what we've been speaking about today really they don't tell you about that other side and strange enough i think one thing i'm going to do different to students who i know who did this before me is that i'm not going to be afraid to tell the truth and just be like listen it's great you're going to learn so much it's a fantastic experience you will grow you'll love it but it's going to be hard but i think it's beautiful perhaps because it's difficult you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's For sure. so very difficult um
1: in a way, do you you kind of feel betrayed by those people. <laughs> You're kind of like, you told me it was going to be diverse. <laughs> where are the diverse people?
0: Oh, man. I'm going to go back and bring a whole bunch of people. Like, yo, guys. Yeah, you should. It's just real nice. You be
1: the recruit for yeah. you, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> just,
0: yeah, just come and take over. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Super. I'm not. I don't feel betrayed. Okay. I, I don't feel betrayed. I just think that.
1: Maybe uh, like a false sense of reality.
0: Yeah, I think I was just very naive. I think we were all very naive. I mean,
1: like, yeah, I mean, like, we're excited to kind of move out of the country, whole new experience, especially, like, with how the Western world is kind of represented in media. Mm -hmm. You're kind of like, oh, you have so much to look forward to. And Mm -hmm. you're here and it's like, oh, it's kind of not really what I was expecting. Not that it's super bad. Yeah. But they definitely, like, glamorize it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, yeah, it's glamorized, definitely. It was... Definitely through rose-colored glasses, I looked at this place and thought, oh, it's going to be great. And I'm going to travel. I'm going to do road trips down yeah. the West Coast.
1: And you're like, oh, wait, Canada's huge. It's so expensive to like travel. Yeah. I don't have a car.
0: Yeah. yeah. I need a job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And oh, all of this while still trying to mm-hmm. maintain, you know, like your studies on top of that yeah. as well. It's It's, I don't know a piece of me, half of me is here to study, the other half of me is here trying to build a life for of sure. some sorts. Because you really came here, you left your life behind, if anything. You came here and you start. I'm not the same guy I was two years ago.
1: I agree, same. <laughs> did you feel like you were not able to grow as much at home? Like, did you kind of feel like maybe if there was like judgment from the people close to you, or just like the culture is kind of like closed off or like narrow-minded? Because hmm. at least from back home people are kind of always in each other's business i never felt super free to express myself fully without making other people uncomfortable yeah yeah and okay. that was a very restricting environment not that i hate the philippines or i hate the culture or i hate the people around me like i think also it's maybe if you live somewhere in the same place your whole life mm-hmm. people have expectations on who you are mm-hmm. and there's no room to change from Mm -hmm. that so like coming here was like fresh start i didn't know anyone here yeah so i was able to be whoever i wanted to be which is so refreshing yeah like i was just so ready to leave where i really wasn't thinking about all of the bad things that could happen from the move because i was very optimistic but in a way it was kind of rose colored because when you face those situations and you're reminded and you're like put in your place of like where you're from and you realize how different you are you're kind of like ah i have to deal with this Yeah, yeah
0: definitely along the lines of um if you weren't doing going a certain route like there's just this invisible hand that kind of says oh well this is what a successful person in this generation looks like this is what they ought to do and very early i realized that wait hold up why just, I just don't feel like... Like,
1: what if you don't want to do that?
0: Yeah, what if you do It's like, well, if you want to be successful, this is what you ought to do. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, uh, it's I'd, I don't know if it's still the case, but at least a couple of years ago, like 10 years ago or something, that was very much the case. Um, the schooling system was coming out of apar- like apartheid, and that system, while it ended, there were certain things that were part of the system that didn't really change. The main one being, like, the schooling especially with what was considered to be prestigious schooling. And they're very whitewashed. And that kind of... You have to be... Your favorite sport needs to be rugby. You need to want to go into politics, economics, and philosophy. Or these are the acceptable things. And you need to fit this mold. And I just didn't fit any of these molds, you know. I was coming out, I was like, oh, well, I am definitely not jumping into rugby. And I want to make music. And they're like, uh... No, not happening. So I left. I said, okay, I'll go find somewhere else. <laughs> and that is I think the greatest thing about here. I think when there's no expectation on you to be something that, you know, is native to the place, when you're kind of expected to be different, there's so much more that you can bring to the table. And you're more free to to just be you in that sense. Um yeah. It you I wish I was able to do that at home.
1: Yeah honestly same i i really love my country and i would love to live there in the same way that i am myself here but because of that barrier it makes me not really want to move home and having to face that reality of like it like makes me feel like i'm like turning my back on my country because i'm like i realize how how lucky i am Mm -hmm. and a lot of people are not able to afford this opportunity to move yeah. abroad yeah sometimes i i don't feel guilty but sometimes i'm like do i deserve this opportunity like over all these other people who are maybe like more talented or more smart and in a way that is imposter syndrome but it's just like how am i any different from all of those people and like i was just born lucky and went into a family that was able to afford moving abroad. And it's just like, if I wasn't able to get this opportunity and I had to stay home, I feel like I'd be so miserable. Yup. Yeah. And like I, every single day when I wake up here, it's just like a habit. I'm just like, I'm so grateful to be here.
0: Yeah. Some of our souls are born elsewhere. It's exactly. Some way without borders, I guess. Yeah. And we just got to take them there and find it. But it's empowering. There's value in it. I think to the audience i think i'd I'd really say that when it comes to diversity i think the big takeaway for me from what we've been speaking about is that diversity needs to be active it can't be passive you know it's not just about who's there but like taking the time to get to really know who is there you know you can't you can't treat you can't treat a someone from far away like a what it needs to be a who you're not a number a diversity statistic these are i think it's it's real people, real stories, and these stories can really contribute to not just you know the growth for that person, but I think for all for all of us here, like it or not, we're all living together, <laughs> we're all one community now, and um, just to yeah say hello to an international student, ask them where they're from, and ask the, and like really ask them about what that means to them, and watch how happy it makes them, <laughs> and watch how happy it makes them yeah. Um, that's, what, that's what i got to say.
1: This episode was produced by Zia Rehino, with help from Nicola Watts. Thank you to our guest Lindani Koza. Original intro track and transitions produced by Zia Rehino. This program would not have been possible without the support of the University of Victoria and the work-study program. If you like what you heard, check out other episodes of You in the Ring and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And, you know, a lot of my friends that are Canadian are talking about studying abroad and saying, oh, you know, it would be so nice to travel mm-hmm. and see the world and get out to places and experience different cultures and things like that. And it's like, don't you want to do that too? And I'm like, I am doing that. Now. I'm
1: c- currently doing, I'm, that's why I'm here. Yeah, I am doing that.